welcome you to the preaching service of the Scots Fork Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, the minister, and we are so pleased to have you sharing with us. This morning, I'm going to talk about something that maybe we do not talk about enough, that uh, as ministers, maybe we don't explain the scriptures as the scriptures are revealed enough. And so this morning, I'm going to be talking about a subject, how to become a Christian. And I would begin my message by saying this to help us to put things in perspective. There are many important matters to address in life with what every individual though needs to realize is that there is no other, there is none that addresses our life beyond this life like the teachings of Christ and the teachings of the Holy Scriptures. You probably have heard me in different podcasts say this, that we don't want to get so involved in living that we fail to realize that one of these days we're going to die. And on the other side, we don't want to get so involved in thinking about dying that we fail to live our life to its fullest. And so I am praying as we're sharing with our brothers and sisters at the Scots Fork Christian Church this morning that for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon our service, praying that if there are individuals who after understanding the scriptures to the best of their ability, that uh, they will become Christians. We're praying for a very, very meaningful service. Now, when we think about this matter, let me mention a few things to make preparation for how to become a Christian. You see in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, uh, and the scriptures that Jesus was always talking about that I will establish my church. Like for instance, when we read in Matthew the 16th chapter in verse 16, and I'm paraphrasing and it says that uh, uh, Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ the son of the living God. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And what we need to understand that this was the good confession that, that Peter made, that it was that he was going to build his church. And we know that as we read in Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 18 through 20, and I'll just refer to uh, uh, portions of those verses, that this is what we call the Great Commission. This is when Jesus spoke to the apostles, the 120, and certainly is applicable for today, to go into the world and to teach and to baptize and teach again. And so we come to the fifth book in the Holy Bible, and that is the book of Acts. Now what we can say about the book of Acts, it could be called the work of the apostles as they heeded the message to go into the world to teach to baptize and to teach again the command of our Lord and so uh, what we read about then in the book of Acts is when the church was established and we read about that in the first two chapters of the book of Acts and uh, uh, that we read also throughout the rest of the book of Acts about them going throughout the world and teaching the word of Christ now uh, someone has said and said very amply that there are 1,189 chapters in God's Word. And the greatest would be the second chapter of the book of Acts. 
This is when there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and Peter stood. And uh, I would encourage you, we don't have time to do this in this podcast, but to read Acts 1 and Acts 2 as they were making preparation for uh, Peter preaching the great sermon on the day of Pentecost. Now, the word Pentecost means 50th. So seven times seven is 49 and 50th would be the first day of the week. And as you read in the second chapter of the book of Acts, this is when Peter stood and people were pricked in their hearts and they were asked, what must I do in order to be saved? And friends, I hope and pray that each one who is listening to this podcast has already asked that question. And if you haven't, is that you would ask that question with a desire to know what you must do in order to become a Christian. And so Peter replied, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And as you continue to read, and the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. And so here is when the church was established. Day of Pentecost. Pentecost means 50th. Again, 7 times 7. 49, 50th, the first day of the week. And Peter preaches the gospel sermon and 3,000 souls were added to the body of Christ. Friends, there's nothing more important than to heed the scriptures, to obey the scriptures, to obey the commands, and be saved, and have the hope of eternal life. So one of the things that we see as we look at the Bible as to how to become a Christian, uh, Paul, when he wrote to the Christians in the city of Rome, he said, this is how that you get onto the path, that faith comes by hearing the message of God. Now, uh, I want us to understand what we must do. Uh, when we're going to look at all teachings in Christ's word, God's word, as it regards our response to do what he has asked us to do. And uh, we say it like this, and I think it makes a powerful lot of sense, that we speak where the scriptures speak. And we have no creed uh, but Christ, and no book but the Bible, and, and in helping individuals to understand what they must do to be saved, we direct them to the Bible and to the Bible only. Uh, and so this is so important. So many people do not know uh, that many congregations, uh, bless their hearts, good people, but they have extra teachings and that complicates the matter outside of the teachings in the Holy Bible. Uh, that uh, a lot of people do not know that how many bodies that are very prevalent, very prominent, have a creed uh, that they have adopted. And I would like to submit to you that as a minister, 60 years, that I want to do everything I can to contribute to unity. But I do feel a responsibility that I want to contribute to unity on honorable terms. And those terms are mentioned in the Word of God. 
And so as we start looking into the scriptures, uh, we see many verses. And what I would encourage you to do is if you have a concordance in your Bible, whatever you might have to help you, is that you look through uh, the New Testament and look at all verses that relate to salvation. Paul, in speaking to the church at Ephesus, he said that a very important thing, and this is a part of being saved, and because it is involved very heavily, that it is by grace that you have been saved. So that's a very important component of it. But what we need to see that's so important, brothers and sisters, reading all the way through the Acts of the Apostles, the work of the Apostles, as they followed the admonition to go into the world and teach and baptize and teach again, that there is no inconsistency as to what each of individual was told, told to do, what commands to obey in order to be saved and have a hope of eternal life. It seems that this, as I think about this message today, is that uh, it is so, so true. It seems that, uh, that we uh, have lost an understanding of loneliness, I beg your pardon, lost, lostness. And uh, we need to understand uh, that uh, the devil is doing everything he can to get people to be indifferent about the greatest book in the world. He is trying to get people to be indifferent about the church and the ministry of the church and the blessings that come. And uh, we could go on and on. But the first thing, 16th chapter and verse 31, we read about the conversion of a jailer. And uh, this jailer was told to uh, believe on Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And as you read in that 16th chapter and you go further is that you will find that it's very fair to, to glean that he uh, obeyed all the teachings as it related uh, to that salvation. For instance, if you have a Bible, but if you don't, uh, I'll read to you about this particular conversion. And uh, uh, it says the jailer called for lights. He was in jail and uh, they rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And then verse 31 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all of the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed his wounds, and immediately he and his household were baptized. What you will see, as we will point out in our message this morning, that there was congruity, there was no different message to each conversion which is recorded in the book of Acts. The importance of believing. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. What a powerful statement and what an important statement to be mindful of. And then we look at the scriptures and understand that Jesus told us that we must repent. Now repentance is not only sorrow for our sins, but it is a turning around whereby that we pray with his blessings, the guidance of the Holy Spirit and all, that we will give up those things that were in the process of overtaking us that were wrong. And we say, Lord, I am sorry because I know the reason you died on that old cruel cross was for the sins of the world. And today I am asking 
your forgiveness. Today I am asking that you forgive me of my sins and I repent of my sins. You see, as I read and referred to a while ago, the day the Lord's church was established, 30 A.D., uh, and we read about that as I alluded to a while ago in the book of Acts. And again, I repeat the words of Peter where he said to them, he was the spokesman for the hour. The 1,189 chapters, the greatest chapter. Why is it the greatest? This was the day that fulfillment was taking was taken place when the church was established and when the first gospel sermon was preached. Repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Again, the second step we think of, we call it a step, and that is the importance of repentance. Now, many times, young people uh, feel that they uh, feel, but believe they want to give their lives to Christ, and uh, maybe they're young and uh, maybe have not committed that many sins, but they need to understand that repentance, that anything they have done, they realize that which they have done is wrong, then they need to ask for the forgiveness of Christ. Now, one of the things, friends, that's very popular, so many things going on today, and we are admonished in his word to try the spirits to test the spirits to test because the bible tells us in the last day there will be false teachers people telling people what they want to hear and uh, that's seemingly becoming more popular all the time and so uh you i'm possibly some of you who are listening have heard people say all that you need to do is just to repeat the sinner's prayer now friends with all respect and with all love there is no record of the sinner's prayer in the entire bible the closest thing that might be to a, a kind of akin to that would be what is recorded in eight, luke 18 the third chapter and talking about mercy and so forth but far as the all of the wording that is in the uh, 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 in the sinner's prayer it is not recorded in god's word friends i have found excuse me after years and years of preaching is that the easiest way to understand god's word is to understand the bible is the best interpreter of itself read god's word everywhere you can take it literal take it literal and then if that is not possible then you realize that jesus is speaking in a figurative tone a figurative nature and then when we think about this matter of uh, the conversion and the sinner's prayer friends we don't need to add anything to the sacred scriptures when you study christendom when you look back over all of the years of times the things that have caused difficulty is the adding on and to what the sacred word says and we don't need that uh, what i spoke about just a minute ago that we speak where the scriptures speak uh, and we have no creed but christ and we have uh, no book but the bible we have no name but the divine and that's all we need and we don't need to take away we do not need to add to we need to accept uh, 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 what the holy word has to say and then also we see that in looking at conversions that 
every person, so to speak, that he calls or that he wants to become his children is that he has asked them to be willing to confess him before men. And I'm going to turn you to Romans, the 10th chapter, and we will read where uh, Paul said uh, uh, to uh, the Christians at Rome and carrying out this admonition, this command, and this is what it says. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, now listen, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are, shamed, are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Gentile and Jew. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So my point is, as I said earlier, look at every scripture where the word saved is used. Where, as the writers, they were directed by the Holy Spirit and they wrote the whole of the sacred word. And so we look and we see that this is a part of being a Christian. Paul, in running the church at Rome, says, if we will confess, and I paraphrase him here, if we will confess him before men, then when we stand before him, he will say, enter thou into the joys of heaven, and I will make you ruler over many. All who would desire to be a Christian, he has asked each one of us to acknowledge him before men. And that's confession. So we understand that to become a Christian, that he, Jesus has said, not man has said, Jesus has said in his holy word, you must believe. He has said that you must repent. You must repent. There needs to be a change in your life. And then you must be willing to confess him before men. And then you must be willing to be baptized into him. Now we know that reading about Saul of Tarsus that uh, uh, his conversion is recorded two different places in the book of Acts uh, and is in Acts 9 and in Acts 22. And uh, uh, we know that uh, Paul, before he became a Christian, his name was Saul of Tarsus. It's very interesting to note that uh, before he became a Christian, he assisted, stone, uh, uh, assisted in the stoning of Stephen. Uh, he persecuted the church. But then as we read in the, the sacred word is that we understand, as we read in that 26th chapter, 22nd chapter in verse 16, uh, and read about uh, his conversion, uh, that, uh, uh, that uh, he was told what he must do in order to have his sins washed away. Now let me read just a couple of verses here in Acts, uh, the 22nd chapter. And I'll start reading with verse 12. And listen, if you will. A, name, a man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. 
you will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Then I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the, at the temple. I fell into a trance and I saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. And we continue to read. And friends, I believe that I could ask a person very young that what was said here in verse 22, what Saul, what has, uh, what Saul, the message that came to him, and what happened in baptism. He tells him, Ananias does, to arise and be baptized wash away thy sins now we're not saying per se that there is power in the water but there is power in obeying the command and this command is of astronomical importance because so to speak as we look in Romans the uh, sixth chapter and read about that we are buried with him that we're raised to walk in newness of life and so forth that we know that this is a very very important part of the teaching of Christ now a couple of things I want to point out here is uh, it's a very sad thing uh, the things that the changes that have been made to the teachings of God's word which have gravely gravely um, changed what the Bible had to say for instance uh, we know that in reading about uh, the ordinance of baptism is that uh, uh, the word baptizo baptizo and that means to to dip to plunge or to immerse well there was a happening that took place in the year of 1311 and let me read this to you I have a person giving an explanation and it says the first law for sprinkling was obtained uh, in the following manner Pope Stephen II being driven from home by Adolphus, the king of the Lombards, in uh, AD, uh, AD 753, uh, uh, fled to Pepin, and who a short time before had usurped the crown of France. And while it, he remained there, the monks of uh, Grisi uh, in Brittany consulted with him whether in case of necessity, baptism poured on the head of the infant could would be lawful and Stephen replied Stephen replied uh, it would but uh, though the result of the fact uh, be allowed which however some Catholics deny yet pouring and sprinkling was admitted only in the case of necessity but it was not until the year 1311 that the legislature in council at held at Ravenna declared immersion sprinkling to be indifferent uh, uh, make your part uh, I'm sorry indifferent in Scotland however sprinkling was never practiced in ordinary cases till after the reformation about the middle of the 16th century from Scotland it made its way into England uh, to the reign of Elizabeth but was not but was not authorized in the established church. It's interesting note. It will be noticed that the change was not made by Christ or the apostles, but that it was made by the Pope of the Catholic Church. So, friends, uh, this is tragic uh, because, again, a very important ordinance. Not that it's important in any other 
but it is a command of our Lord. And uh, you have, in reading the Holy Scriptures, you have a totally different Greek word uh, for sprinkle, and that is rontizo. But the Greek word for baptism is baptizo. I have seen in my years of preaching, the best thing you can do is to accept, accept the Scriptures as they are. Do not try to change them, but accept God's Word as it has been revealed. And so this is what we think of as the uh, fourth step, we believe. And one of the things that's interesting to understand about all the conversions in the book of Acts, no one was ever baptized unless they had the ability uh, to believe in Christ. And so that must be understood. And then certainly we say to people uh, who have become Christians, what it says in the latter part of the verse in the second chapter of Revelation in verse 10, be thou faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. Not only do we say to people that we encourage you to accept the Savior of the world, but also that we encourage you to make him the Lord of your life. You know, we like that part of uh, being saved. We like that part of being saved from our sins. But also we must understand that we too uh, must make him the Lord of our lives. Friends, I can honestly say, uh, honestly say, that if you really want to be blessed in life, you honor God. And there are many ways you can honor God by being obedient to his word, by living for him, living as he would want you to live, bearing the fruit of the Spirit, being an imitator of Christ, witnessing and sharing the greatest love story in all the world, and then being faithful unto the end. You honor Christ. Listen to me. You honor Christ. Honor God. He will honor you. I can say that in total honesty and say that and know that that is the gospel truth. Be thou faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. Father, I pray you will bless this message. Uh, I don't know that it's being preached very much, how to become a Christian. So many have changed so, so much of God's word. Uh, we've lost our respect for the divinity. We've lost our respect for what the Bible has to say, that all scripture has given, been given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. Help us, Lord, as we live our lives. If we're not a Christian, those who are hearing this podcast, to have a desire to become a Christian and also that we would have a desire to make him the Lord of our lives, that he would honor his word, that we honor him. Forgive us of our sins, Lord, and bless this message. In the Master's name we pray, amen. Amen.